0: Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. Thank you for joining us for this conversation.
1: Everybody, this is Sean Martin. Welcome to a new episode here on ITSP Magazine where we are covering RSA Conference from the show floor and out and about in the city and getting a chance to talk to our friends and uh, what I consider family to uh, see what the latest is, what are some of the trends we're hearing at the conference and beyond. And uh, I'm thrilled today to have our good friends from Imperva and more specifically, Pam Murphy, join us. He's, he's the CEO of Imperva. Pam, thanks for joining.
0: Thank you for having me, Sean.
1: Hopefully it's uh, it's been a good week for you so far.
0: It has. I think RSA is back in force this year. So it's great to meet with customers and partners. And um, yeah, it feels like it's really back now yeah. after a couple of years of, you know, Less than uh, full capacity traffic,
1: <laughs> a little, little less than, than normal activity, mm-hmm. but uh, that that hasn't slowed things down in in cyberspace. The uh, the threat actors have, have continued, and obviously our our protections and, and responses have have tried to keep up. Um, before we get into some of the things that businesses are challenged with and how they're attacking those challenges, a uh, brief intro to who Pam is and maybe mm. how, how you came to Imperva and and why.
0: Sure. So maybe I should start with who Imperva is for any okay. listeners who's not familiar with us. So Imperva is a cybersecurity uh, leader whose job it is to help customers protect data and all paths to that data. So we help our customers every day and protect their applications, protect their data, protect their APIs, protect them from cyber attacks. So I joined Imperva in January 2020 as CEO. Um, Prior to that, I had been 10 years in a enterprise software company um, called Infor, um, multi-tenant industry cloud company. And prior to that, I was about 10 years at Oracle. Um, My roles there, I basically, um, you know, Covered hardware, software. Oracle expanded into many, many areas, obviously, over the years with all the acquisitions that it did. The reason why I joined Imperva was because up to that point, I had been a consumer of security. So I had worked. Uh, at Infor, multi-tenant uh, cloud company, very much focused on industry solutions, big consumer of the hyperscalers um, and cloud services. Um, and so I ran DevOps, I ran CloudOps, I ran many, many, many functions as well as the the business functions as well that comes with being a Chief Operating Officer. That was my role in the company. And I joined Imperva because I thought I would love to be on the other side. Um, I was a consumer, now becoming somebody who defined effectively our solutions and made sure that they're what the market needed and what our customers wanted. I think that was a big driving force. Um, I had watched Imperva from the outside, and they really have always been the best of what they do and the solutions that they have to market. And I thought it was a great opportunity to come in and continue to make sure that we were Giving the market, giving our security professionals and customer organizations the solutions that they needed to solve their problems um, and making sure that we were really taking a very customer centric approach with delivering the best security solutions out there. So that was a big factor why I joined. Um, It's been now over three years. I've really enjoyed it. We have an excellent team. We have grown um, our solution set organically and inorganically. We've built out a platform to cover our application security and our data security solutions. Um, and we've really tried to spend a lot of time listening to the challenges that customers have today and really making sure that our solutions were solving for those challenges. So I've, I'm really enjoying it. Um, it's security is a really interesting and exciting place. Uh, to be, um, you know, what we do really matters to our customers. We protect them from uh, hacks and attacks every day, and it's great to be in a situation whereby customers can really tell you the value that you get, that they get from from our solutions. So, it's interesting it's um exciting you know we love working with our customers and our partners um what we see out there is scary honestly Mm -hmm. speaking in terms of the threat landscape and what actors are doing the amount of attacks that we block on a day-to-day basis is is pretty scary and it continues to increase and go up all the time um but that also makes it exciting yep. because you always have to work harder uh, to make sure that your solutions continue to be effective in helping our customers. So I think it's the most exciting area that I have been in uh, the software industry and in my whole career that I've been here. And um, yeah, I'd like to stay here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, keep keep it going. I mean, you have an incredible team. We get, we've had the, the pleasure of speaking with many of them and super smart, super passionate, and clearly they understand the challenges that your customers are facing, mm-hmm. uh, which I presume starts with you and, and works its way all the way down throughout the organization. Um, and I think through all the conversations we have, we find that security often starts with security people talking about security, and we miss the mark on well, what's the value of security to the business. Mm-hmm. And people aren't in business to be a security a secure business. They're in the business to sell cookies or or build cars or fly planes or protect uh, critical infrastructure, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And how are you hearing some of the challenges with business perhaps shaping or reshaping the way organizations need to think about security and what challenges does that bring as well?
0: Well, I think fundamentally, there's a couple of different lens that I that I look at it. There's there's one lens which is to say that there's a lot of compliance. There's a lot of rules and regulations out there that continue to come into effect. For example, we're expecting um, some additional ruling from the SEC in the months ahead with respect to uh, cybersecurity rules. Um, related is privacy. There's far more privacy rules and regulations emerging around the world. So the regulatory aspect of things continues to, to increase. Um, next thing I would say is obviously there's a huge reputational issue for businesses in, um, in, in having a breach, in having to disclose that there has been an issue. Um, and also, it, it, you know, security uh, issues and matters and breaches and hacks can obviously bring a business down. We've seen lots of incidents of ransomware take place last year, which crippled businesses for a period of time. Um, hackers and bad actors looking for for Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies to to um, effectively unleash that uh, block that they put in their business. So huge business disruption aspect and issue as well that businesses need to to avoid. Um, I remember years and years and years ago. You know the the often the hacker issues were sort of you know superficial i guess in nature compared to the damage that they can do today a real 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 impediment and major business disruption factor um you know that the, the what we try and do, honestly speaking, is to try and be as invisible as possible because what you want businesses to be able to do is you want the, the DevOps and you want the customer teams to be able to embrace digitalization and go and take advantage of all the technologies that are out there today from the hyperscalers, from the you know various technology companies, so that they can continue to on their digital journey and their modernization journey and create the best experience for, for their customers. Our job in security, is to be able to provide that security, provide that protection, provide that compliance, and not be an impediment to businesses ability to continue to better serve their customers and that's something that we have really been focused on as as a company is is making sure that we are uh, not an impediment that we can be an enabler for those businesses well to be able to be compliant to be able to be pr- you know secure um and to be able to um have their businesses not have any interruption but at the same time um be able to innovate and be able to do what they need to do for their yeah. end customers
1: so what are some of those innovations that you're hearing about, where executives then take a moment to pause, hopefully, mm-hmm. and say, "This puts us at risk. This is, this exposes us. This increases our uh, threat landscape or threat vector, I should say. Maybe yeah. Anyway, it exposes our company to mm-hmm. things that shouldn't uh, that shouldn't be, um, but not in a way that we want to say no." Right. So how, how can we innovate and drive new things? We want to build apps. We want to deliver apps. We want an agile, continuous integration, continuous delivery life cycle. Um, we, we need to use AI and bots and these types of technologies, but then we also have to protect ourselves from those same technologies being used against us.
0: Well, that's where I guess it's back on us, the security industry, to make sure that they can do all those things and have, have those products that can help them. So I would say that... Uh, you know, there's two, when you think about really where, where hackers and bad actors are trying to do, they're really trying to get at data that is the most valuable asset that a company has these days. And when we say data, it could be sensitive financial information, credit card information, something that, you know, could seriously be punitive. Um, it could be sensitive data that you just do not want to get out in the public market. And you certainly don't want to have to go reporting externally either, that your systems and that your operation has has been has been breached. So fundamentally data is what they're trying to get at and the way that they, you know, try and come into an organization Um, maybe, um, you know, a certain threat vector, but fundamentally they're trying to get to that. And that is why protecting data and all paths to that data is is so important. What's really happened and really accelerated quite substantially in recent years is the fact that data now is any form, anywhere, every place. A typical customer of ours will have data that is on-premise. They may be very old applications, uh, with old data stores they have uh, they're using every flavor of data store that's out there and available on the market uh, on a public cloud uh, or in or in their own environment um, and that data can be structured semi-structured or unstructured and so that data is everywhere and it's in all different formats um, and being able to know where that data is what kind of data that is is that sensitive data Is it PCI data? Is it confidential data? Who's touching that data? What are they doing with that data is just so, so important. And that is one of the top issues that I will have CISOs and and various other uh, C-suite executives um, say is a a big, big concern. That proliferation of data that's happened and exploded over the last number of years has become a problem to get their arms around. we have had a data security business uh, for many years. We have continued organically and inorganically to expand our coverage to make sure that we are able to see where all that data is in any form, any structure, on, and bring together under a single pane of glass the information which tells them where that data is, what it is, and who's accessing it, um, and that's been a very important part of our of our business um, uh, that you know, has grown as a result of that proliferation. The other category I would bring up is API insecurity, is what we call mm-hmm. it within Imperva. Um, it felt it's felt like APIs have been around for a hundred years. Honestly, I mean, when I came out of college, I don't remember there not being APIs. But what we've seen in 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 recent years again is just that massive acceleration in how APIs are used. Um, we see now about eighty percent of our the traffic going through our WAF and uh, CDN, we have a, a, global, um, a global single instance, effectively cloud platform, whereby we can see all the traffic and data. And about 80% of that now is API related. So can I in, pause you? Because yeah.
1: my, my expectation is that, uh, that, yes, APIs have been around for a long time, but most of them, over, up until recent years, have been present, used to present an interface to a user it,
0: that's exactly that provides right.
1: provides access to that data so they can do something with it, but the app-to-app, system-to-system, service-to-service, where the user may not even be involved, or we're relying on the systems to act on our behalf, has become an even more prevalent uh, situation.
0: Absolutely, so, and those APIs pulling data and business logic coming into the mix, and so one of the biggest um, issues and challenges that you know, you'll know you hear CISOs talk about is understanding what APIs they have got going on, working in their environment, and more specifically, what those APIs are doing. So when we go out and we turn on Discovery, for example, in our API security tool, we invariably find that there is a series multiple delta between what someone may have thought was going on and what is actually going on in, in their environment. Um, you know, shadow APIs just being prolific everywhere. And and what those, you know, the damage that can be done as a result of those obviously uh, can be uh, very serious uh, as well. So API security is something, again, we've been very much spending a lot of time on um, in in recent years. And uh, the volume just continues to, to go up exponentially.
1: Yeah. Um, so let me, let me ask, how... Uh, How do organizations kind of, I mean, we're talking about a big part of a bigger security program, Mm -hmm. and even within your business, you have multiple elements. You have API, you have data protection, you have network protections as well. Mm -hmm. How do organizations take their strategies, uh, driving driving business forward and doing that safely, but how do they take their strategies and begin to prioritize operationally what's, what's important to them?
0: I feel a lot of compassion and sympathy for a CISO's job, security <laughs> professional's job these days, because, uh, you know, the blast radius is, is so much and the, the coverage that they have to ma- manage and maintain is, is, is incredible. But I think it's a reason why they're, what they're also doing right now is they are wanting to have um, a lot of consolidation happening. And they want to have fewer vendors and have those vendors be more sort of expansive, right, and more complete in terms of the solutions that they offer. You know, we see, um, you know, we've got a, a complete platform and we've got bot and API security and and client-side protection and many other um, solutions on the same stack for ease of implementation, for ease of use, for ease of operation. So time to value and total cost of ownership are really a big deal for security professionals these days. And I think that's helping those vendors who do have a platform story and who do have a more expansive and comprehensive portfolio to offer. I think they say that, you know, any given company has 75 to 100, maybe more different point solutions for security in operation. And that's really too much. Um, they, you know, a lot of them are just point solutions solving for a specific issue. And those vendors who have that kind of comprehensive end-to-end, you know, platform for a given area that can holistically look at the intersection of different threat vectors, um, I think is going to be more value-added and is going to be, um, you know, more strategic for for those customers to help them reduce the the enormity, right, of the solutions that they, they manage. The skills issue in security is a real big deal. Um Obviously, with proliferation of modernization and digitalization comes the need for more security. We still have a problem in the market in terms of not having enough people with enough security skills. And so I hear that repeatedly as well from from companies that they don't have enough people. Um, and therefore, you know, it, it puts the um, you know, impetus on companies like us to make sure that our solutions have a good time to value, a quick time to value, and that the total cost of running those solutions are kept very low. Um, because, you know, a customer can have all the budget in the world, but effectively, you know, if it doesn't have the, the people um, available to be able to effectively operate, then it's it's not an ideal um, environment. So I think there are two important things that security vendors, right, need to continue to focus on in order to better serve, you know, customers and, and, and companies going forward.
1: Yeah. And so you touched on it, the... the the digital transformation, right? And we we hear companies going through that, and I've seldom hear security digital transformation, where there's an opportunity to really reevaluate the technologies using the operations that that make them happen. And to your point, the, mm-hmm. the teams that are required to to pull it all together. Um, how do you have those conversations with the security executives? That are perhaps a little more mature and having that uh, journey of transformation in their security programs. How, mm-hmm. how do you how do you have that conversation with them?
0: Well, I think you know best practice obviously is building security into the software development um, life cycle, and there are many companies who are very effective uh, in, in doing that. But it's hard not to be there, given how easy it is to just go into the candy store that is AWS or GCP Azure and be able to sort of take whatever whatever you want and, and use and deploy it. So oftentimes it can be a catch-up exercises for many um, security companies. You know, those who are our customers, um, we are partners to them and we work with them very closely and understand how they're deploying, where they're deploying, what their deployment to make sure that we're with them as part of that journey. But, you know, it is fair to say there are, you know, companies out there that will come to us and. Um, you know, after the fact, and and asked to retrospectively help them get their arms around that data, get their arms around their APIs, help them with a bot problem, help them with account takeover issues that they're that they're having, having, um, and 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 that's just part of our part of our job. Um, but obviously you know, to the extent that that can be managed and sort of solved for upfront as part of the rollout of the applications, that's, that's better. Um, from our perspective, you know, we've been working hard at using infrastructure as a code and other solutions so that as DevOps are spinning up solutions out there, We basically, using Terraform, using many of the available toolings out there, we are able to uh, have them spin up our solutions, right, as part of that exercise, such that, you know, from day one, they are protected, they are covered. So... We have really been focusing on, you know, as I said, making sure that those groups who are proactively working very hard to quickly get out with new solutions and um, new services as part of that digital transformation or modernization journey, um, that security is not the handbrake. Security is with them, and we are part of their you know, effectively development lifecycle and helping them get out security at the same time as they get out their products.
1: So you're built into the developer's environment, as well as the delivery and and ops?
0: We've been working very hard to make sure that the tooling that that they use um, in terms of that that they use to get their solutions up and running are also those that we use to make sure that as part of the whole kit, yes, you can spin up a WAF or you can spin up our solutions at the same time. Yes.
1: And as we we wrap here, Pam, um, is there a moment in your conversation with... Customers and prospects where they kind of switch and go, "Ooh, th- this is really going to change how we look at security for our organization.
0: That's a great point because one of the things that uh, we've really been focused a lot on is value right value from the solutions so you know you would as a baseline we expect that our solutions are set up and they work like our customers use us you know 95 percent plus in blocking mode um meaning that they're not concerned that we're going to create false positives that would you know um incorrectly let um good traffic um be blocked or be stopped and so we have a high level of efficacy uh, in our solutions and customers are um letting us do what we do, right, and not setting us up for anything other than uh, protection and blocking mode. But to us, right, that's not enough, right? We all, we also as well have been working hard to identify how do we allow our customers to go back to their board, to go back to their, um, if you will, um, budget holders and be able to say, hey, not only have we blocked X number of attacks or stopped, you know, Y business uh, disruptions, but here's the value that you can get from um, from our solutions. Our cloud platform is a CDN, and the CDN brings performance with it. So, you know, oftentimes we have cases whereby customers will say that we are able to, security aside, we've been able to increase the performance that their applications gave, right, when interacted by by their end users. So we've lots of data in our uh cloud console effectively which shows the performance gains that we can get the way in which we are able to identify disruptions in the network disruptions in in things outside of security that have you know caused some uh, interruption of service or caused some issues for their end customers and so value is a big deal what you want to do is make sure that every time you know your customers are defending every year the security spend that they're able to you know equip the the holders of those funds to be able to see that there's a lot of value that the security solutions bring. So it's a really really big de- deal, um, a really big deal for us. Yeah,
1: no, I love it. I think what I'm what I'm hearing is, it's not the value is important. You can't just have a technology for the sake of having a technology. The value is important, but even more so is the ability to show demonstrate,
0: it. show it, absolutely, and right. tell
1: the story of why this is happening.
0: Absolutely right. There's a lot of talk about SIMs, right, and a um, lot of data being being sent to SIMs. Um, we have on both our data security side and on the application security side constructed our solutions as a pre-processing SIM. And what that effectively means is that, and it's similar on both sides, we effectively sort through the noise and we streamline and identify those events, security events that we feel our customers should be focused on. So get rid of the 90% plus which is just, you know, truly noise, you know, things that really they don't need to worry about and just really focus on those events that we feel had some, you know, anomaly in them, had some activity that we want them to focus on. So that does a number of things. Number one, it saves costs because you're not sending a huge amount of dump into your SIM and leaving the poor SIM operators <laughs> were trying to identify what they should be looking for. Um, so it, it really is um, a cost saving exercise, but also it allows us within our solution to be able to show them great analytics, great dashboards, whereby we they can focus on and be able to drill down and understand in those security um, events that we um, flagged and identified, What they should be looking at, and therefore being able to have a really good conversation with their threat research team, with their SOC, whichever groups internally, I guess, are are doing that threat hunting. Um, So, so yeah, that was uh, important for us because what we were hearing quite a lot was that uh, the data was being captured, but they wanted to have better value given to how they filter through and sort through that data to be able to focus on the things that they needed to action and take care of.
1: Yep. Super cool. Super cool. And I know um, we, at some point this week, we're going to get to talk to some of the more technical folks as well, digging into how some of that works. Uh, we've had, had the opportunity to speak to some of the team members on that point, And it, to me, the key word there is trust. Mm-hmm. You, you said your customers are allowing you mm-hmm. <laughs> to take action for them because they trust you and, and, I think that all boils back down to the team. So
0: It does. And, uh, I mean, it, it, you have to have trust in, in, in security. Um, you know, you have to make sure your efficacy is very high to make sure that you are not interrupting any legitimate or valid valued business from the customer side. Um, and, you you know, we also have to help our customers. You know, the CISO and the security team have a lot on their plate. Um, and we see it, uh, you know, as our job to... Be invisible to any disruption but at the same time add value to help them really um, you know take action we often find that um, you know bad actors will use many many different ways to try and get into an organization if they're fixated on a particular company and uh, stringing together the various different paths that they take outside of our the area that we cover outside of applications outside of data so whether it be the network, whether it be a compromised VPN, whatever the case may be, you know, we want you know we enjoy being part of those conversations with other, you know, parts of the security space that we're not in, so that we can help piece piece things together and help the customer understand, you know, why why somebody is after them and and uh, why they're being targeted, and specifically where else could they go.
1: yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. It's a journey.
0: It's a, it's journey. a journey for sure. It's a journey,
1: and. Well, this, this has been a fun journey for me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want to thank you, Pam, for taking the time to, uh, share with us during this busy week. And, uh, for everybody listening, we'll include notes to, uh, to share the Imperva site. I think we'll, we'll include links for where, where to find you in in the conference this week. And uh, if you're not opposed to it, your social profile, so people can connect with you directly and, and have these conversations that, uh, That they need to have to transform their their security programs. That would be great. Thanks, Pam.
0: Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, share ITSP Magazine with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thank you for listening.